Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is editor Gabriel Fleming, and we're going to be talking about this really fun, exciting new movie entitled National Champions, and it stars the incomparable J.K. Simmons and Uzo Aduba. It's a really fun ride, very interesting, fun movie. So, Gabriel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you here, and I why don't you tell our audience a little little bit about what National Champions is all about. So National Champions is a uh, Stefan James plays a superstar football quarterback, a college football quarterback. And right before the National Championship game, he decides to boycott the game, protesting for fair treatment and uh, compensation for football, college football players, which is, uh, it's a fictional story and all the characters are fictional, but it's a very real world situation where it's an $18 billion a year industry where none of the players are allowed to be paid. And not only that, they are very, very few of them go on to be professional uh, football players. So after they leave college, they often have lifelong injuries from this very dangerous sport that they get no health coverage for. And uh, they... um, Often, if they get an injury during practice, they their scholarship will be cut the next year, and uh, it's it's a situation that is with so much money in it. Mm-hmm. There certainly is enough money to get the players into a situation where they can be, <laughs> you know, compensated fairly for essentially being employees, and uh, it's one of these kind of subjects that virtually everyone on the political spectrum uh, believes that it's wrong, but there's a very powerful, uh, you know, kind of oligarchy of of people who are making a lot of money off of it who want to keep the system the way it is. Right. And then J.K. Simmons plays uh, the coach uh, who is caught in the middle, and then Uzo Duba plays the uh, corporate lawyer who represents the NCAA, um, who's trying to get Stefan James's character to continue to play and and it's takes place over three days uh, in a hotel room in New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah, many hotel rooms. <laughs> many hotel rooms, yes. Yeah. In New Orleans. Right. It, it, okay, so let's talk. It, it is. It's a very exciting thrill ride, and you don't know what's going to happen. And, um, and right to the very end, you know, you may think you know what may happen, but um, yeah. yeah, it keeps you guessing, and that's what I love about this movie. Um Let's talk about the opening scene, the opening, uh-huh. the beginning, because that is really a yeah. very impactful, fast-paced, gives you the um, excitement yeah. right at the beginning. It sort of sets the tone right. for the rest of the movie. So to talk about editing that, because that was such a pivotal um, key part of this movie. Yeah. So that, that scene was um, interesting in that it was not part of the original script. And it was something that as we were going through the film, and, and this film was is shot almost entirely in hotel rooms, almost entirely in the same hotel. So it has a, a little bit of a, a, a kind of a sameness that we were trying to um, fight. And that it also has a smallness that we wanted to show how 
big the world of college football is. It is such a big industry and it has so much media attention. So we were in the editing process in the in the director's cut, which is the period after uh, production, film production finishes. Mm-hmm. And we realized that we needed something to establish the world of college football, which is something that I don't really know much about. I'm not a football fan at all. Oh, wow. So, That's got to be interesting then, editing a movie about football, but we'll go back to that. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we realized we needed something to start it off and to show the grand scale of this world. And... We said, okay, what have we what have we got? We've got um, a number of prominent sports journalists who are really interested in being involved in the film. So um, Rick Romanois um, and, and and I came up with like a little uh, a little bit of an outline for a script in a way that they could introduce the characters, introduce the world, and then had them because in the time of COVID, these journalists all have um, you know media setups in their own homes mm-hmm. that they shoot from, so had them all shoot this is uh taylor rooks and michael smith and michael holly and nick wright they all shot their in their own words uh kind of a, a explanation of the characters and the story and of the world and then uh we cut it together and had to go out and find um stock footage and b-roll and you know whatever little bits and bobs had been shot during the film that we could use to tell this story and make something that we wanted to make it like a, uh, a sports center montage. Okay. So if you watch sports television, there's a lot of these like very flashy um, sequences. So we wanted to make one of those to introduce the film. And it was something that really just came together at the very end because it wasn't shot during production. It was something that we had to make up entirely in post, which happens every once in a while. And it's, it's a challenge and it's also... Um, fun, you know, to make something from scratch like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it w- really makes, it does such a, a good job of just telling you where you are and what it is, and then setting the stage for the film. It, and it truly does, and that's and it's yeah. surprising that that wasn't part of it to begin with. So, uh, yeah, and it, as I said, it's such a, a, a key element to setting the tone yeah. of this that's movie. But the, the editing process, right, is it's, it's your, they say that that part is the, the time where the final script is written is is during the edit and that's so often you're discovering um as it's coming together something that you need something that needs to be you know you need to go reshoot something or something you just need to kind of come up with um whole cloth uh i did a movie called blind spotting where we had a lot the same thing it was after um production and we kind of realized that we needed to introduce the city of oakland and that was another situation where we just were like, well, let's do an opening montage. So this is becoming a little bit of a pattern. <laughs> these, these, uh, those production montages, yeah. So this is the third film you've done with Rick yeah. Roman Wah. Uh, and uh, so you've collaborated now. So do you have a, a shorthand um, that y- you've for developed sure. after three films? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think after just one film, you you really get to that understanding what uh, what the director is looking for and um, what their habits are in shooting and how how that footage when it's coming in translates into what they're interested in how uh, seeing it cut. And um, this was a film for us where 
it was a COVID film, right? So we had done two action films starring Gerard Butler, which are very, very different from this film. Uh, and we, there was another film that got kind of put on the side burner because of COVID. And then this was something that could be easily shot in a fully quarantined hotel room. The cast and crew lived in the same hotel where they shot the film. And um, it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise to be able to do something that was so purely drama and uh, get away from action a little bit. But one of the things that Rick wanted to do, and I think you feel it in the film, is, is take some of that thriller sensibility that we had from these action films and introduce it into this uh, drama so that you did have that sense of just being on the edge of your seat throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And it, keeping the the pace at a proper place where you're still feeling everything you need to feel in a drama, but just yeah, like not being able to, you just like, can't look away. So we were bringing that from it, which was a good shorthand that Rick and I had to be able to know how to explore that from the thrillers that we've done. How um, hands-on is Rick in the editing process with you? Very, very hands-on. Yeah, he's um, he uh, more than other directors I've worked with is is there during the director's cut all the time. So we, you know, the way it works is that during production, the editor is putting together the editor's cut, which is the first pass of the film, and that's done while the director is directing. So they're not there, and so you, you are, uh, you know, as an editor, you're putting together just the, the foundation and. Different directors are different. Sometimes a director will uh, come in for a couple hours a day during the director's cut to give notes, and then they'll go off and do something else. Or diff- I've had directors who would only come in for an hour a week and give a couple uh-huh. notes. And But Rick is there uh, the whole time. It, this is, uh, you know, he's always got a lot of projects going on, so he would be there in editorial um, before I got there and then was often there after I left. So he's there behind me, and we're working on it together. And this is one of the reasons that for me doing the editor's cut, I really like to have something really solid and something where I feel like I put together a a good movie so that when it gets time to the director's cut that we're tweaking, we're getting to all of the things that the director really wants to do in a specific way, which is how, how uh, how Rick directs in the edit. So for him, it's definitely his stamp on it, um, definitely. Yeah. So which way do you like working? I mean, the directors that don't give you as much, uh, you know, gives you more leeway and less, yeah. you know, just some notes occasionally or someone who is actively working with you constantly on the edit of the film. I think there's there's pluses and minuses. You know, I think that there's a lot of ways that being with the director all the time um, – speeds things up mm-hmm. because you're not doing experiments going down a path that is not going to work um, but then on the other hand there is uh, you know it's nice to be able to be by yourself sometimes and hash something out and experiment right. and uh, so I mean I like I like doing it both ways I think you have to have a balance mm-hmm. like you don't want a, a director who's just never ever there that's that's not going to work because right. sometimes you um you really go very far down a path that just gets completely turned around. Mm. So it really is a balance. And, and I think that's something that, you know, working with 
directors you want to kind of figure out in the beginning. Like, when, okay, how much are we going to be together? What's the, you know, how am I going to get time to work something out on my own? How are, am I going to be able to get input from you quickly? Um, all of these things that you kind of come across as ways of, you know, working in feature films. Because television is different. Mm-hmm. And you've worked in many different genres yes. as an editor. Do you have a, because you've done documentaries mm-hmm. as well as television yeah. and then feature length yeah. films. So, Reality television, yeah. Yeah. So what, do you have a preference uh, at I, all? Yeah, I think feature films. Um, I mean, I really like scripted television as well. Uh, features are great because you just get time to experiment. And also you're inventing the language as a feature editor. You're, you're inventing the language of, the, of the, the film and discovering new ways of telling a story that are unique to that film. When you're doing television, you are uh, working in an established language, mm-hmm. which has a lot of pluses in that you can kind of work quickly. And you get through a lot of content, and it's nice. Television is, is more dialogue heavy usually than feature films, um, which can be nice. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's not as much problem solving as as features is, and I really enjoy the problem solving aspect of it. Interesting. What what drew you to become an editor? Did you have another career ahead of time, or did you always think you wanted to be an editor, or did you start doing something else in the film industry? Yeah, I mean, I was, um, you know, I was one of those kids with a video camera. You know, when I was twelve years old, I worked as a busboy to make enough money to buy a VHS video camera and make little videos. Um, but in my mind, I always saw film through cuts and how one shot moves to another shot. And that was, that's how I watch films. That's just, and I have, you know, it's hard for me to imagine any other way of of consuming media. Um, So when I was going through the process of learning filmmaking and editing was just the the aspect of it that I enjoyed the most. It's the most uh, essentially cinematic part of the filmmaking process. You know, it's not acting, which is involved in theater. It's not photography, which is, you know, involved in photography and painting. It's, it is you know, one shot to the next shot is only done in um, editing, film editing. So that's how I got into it. And I have done, you know, I've, I've written and directed a couple of micro-budget features. So I've dabbled in improvisational, um, you know, documentary-style work. Uh, but it's always been about the editing for me. So that's the, that's the path that just totally made sense. Interesting. And it's yeah, that you just sort of naturally went in that direction. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how, uh, if everybody else would feel that way, you know, how they, you know, becoming an editor, yeah. you know? It's, a lot of people like being on set, and that's not 100% for me. You know, I'll, I it's not the pleasure spot for me. I really mm. like being in an office and looking at the footage and kind of imagining ways that the footage can, could come together in an emotional rhythm and make you feel something. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's essentially the nature of, of editing and what draws me to editing is inspiring attention and emotions in the viewer in the way that I uh, experience things that experience those emotions putting it together. Wow, I love that. 
That was beautifully said. <laughs> beautifully yeah, said. You. Welcome. It's very difficult to talk about editing. You know, it's such a, it's such a, uh, a so few people understand what it is. Right. And so many pe- few people understand in the film industry what it is. And I feel like the only people who really know what it does are um, editors themselves and then directors who work with editors putting something together. But everybody else kind of, it's it's surprising how, how difficult it is to really know what, what it does and how it works. Well, they say that um, a performance, actually, uh, I have read, uh, can be made or not just through the editing. And you had two wonderful, uh, well, you had many wonderful actors in this, but two uh, main actors, Uzo Aduba, who mm-hmm. just is brilliant in in this. I mean, there's some scenes with her and her monologues that are just, whoa. And then, of course, as I said, the incomparable J.K. Simmons. I don't think he, I don't think he's bad in anything that he ever does. He's just, and right now he's like, you know, he's, he's out there in everything at the moment, it seems like. He's in so many of the awards films right now. Yeah. There's J.K. again. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. I've I've done two films with him too. Oh, what's the other one that you did? Uh, it Patriots Day he was in. Okay. All so right. yeah. Um but JK's JK and Uzo I think are so interesting in this film in their acting style. So JK is just every take is great. Uh he gives performances that are really solid and the variations, you know, there's a, a big scene with him where he gives a monologue in front of the um the players. And he gave a lot of interpretations of that. He mm-hmm. had some that were very stern. He had some that were very vulnerable. There's one where he cries through most of it. And every take is consistent with the character and consistent with everything. You could use any one take and it would work. Mm-hmm. And then the pleasure with him is is building a thread using uh, the different shades that help throw onto the lines. And, and these you know subtle improvisations he'll do, which he, he improvises quite a bit. And then Uzo is different. And I think she's, I haven't experienced that, her style that much in um, actors, uh, in professional actors. I feel like I get it in non-professional improvisational actors, but she experiments in such an interesting way. Every take she does, she is going for something different and they don't always work, but most of them do. And they bring her and her performance in a very uh, raw and interesting direction. And I remember the first scene that she was doing, uh, the first dailies that came in of her, she, you know, she's playing this corporate shark who's pretty vicious and she was playing it really vulnerable. And I was just thinking, what is going on? Like, I do not understand what she's doing here. And, um, and I was a little concerned. And then as the daily, as more of the scenes started coming in, started saying, wow, she's giving a lot of layers to this character that she's really anticipating ahead of time. And um, some takes will be like this. I don't understand what she's doing here, but she's got some sort of idea. And then the other take will be like, this take is unexpected and amazing. And um, there's one scene in the film where she kind of goes to uh, Stefan James and dresses down the, uh, the boys. And uh, it's a, tense standoff and there were a number of takes in there where she um, was kind of reprimanding them and acting as a kind of stern corporate shark and then at a certain point Rick went to her and said let's 
try something different. Why don't we try? You are approach it as if you were trying to save them. You were trying to help these boys. And then she said, okay. And then gave this incredible, very vulnerable, very emotional performance that completely recontextualizes the, uh, the controversy of how players are treated because she's saying the other side in a way that's so convincing emotionally mm-hmm. that you kind of you you don't know what to think for a little while and that was really through the power of her performance right. more than the ideas that she was saying really just how powerful she was in her interpretation of that scene yeah it's it it, it is it's a showstopper actually it is it yeah. stands out in the film and She's absolutely wonder, wonderful in it. How difficult, if you have some scenes by an actor and they're equally wonderful, yeah. how do you make the decision which one to choose and which way to go? Because um, it sounded like you know she did it several different ways or she continues yeah. to do things several different ways. And it's like, okay, so which way do we want to go with this if this actress yeah. or actor is choosing these yeah. different ways of their, uh, of their character? How do you decide, you know, which one to finally put in the final edit? I think it's it's looking at dailies and, and deciding which takes to choose and how to assemble them is more a, uh, a it's a it's turning off your logical criticalness and listening to uh, the little emotional tugs you'll get from the different moments and you have to quiet your analysis and just listen to what you're feeling and then you have to remember those moments that how you're how you're feeling those moments at the time and kind of save them in a way and then put them into a flow and then you just kind of are constantly listening for you know listening to your heart and what's making you feel something and i so often will just you know there will be a performance or something or a way that a cut goes together that'll like give me a little like tear or something like that and then i'll go okay And we're going to build around it and then try to remember that that happened because it doesn't happen every time. You know, you watch a scene 300 times as you're putting it together and you're not going to have the same reaction every time. You have to kind of remember how you felt the first time. And that's ultimately, I think, true with with most editing, with comedy, to remember what made you laugh the first time. With action, you have to remember, like, what stunt made you go what take of a stunt made you go oh and you have to kind of like trust that instinct Uh, because so much of editing is is analytical logical i think a lot of us come to it from um this idea that we want to put to put together this puzzle in the way that most makes sense but what you really have to do is you have to use that tool but then also trust the emotions that you're feeling listen to those primarily over the logic wow What a beautiful way to describe your process and how you do what you do, and you do it so well. Um, we only have like a brief moment or two. Yeah. Uh, tell me what you're what you're working on next. Do you have another project that you're working on? Um, I'm not working on something. I've got a couple of things that I can't that haven't quite been greenlit yet, so I can't quite talk about them. But I'm okay. excited about them. <laughs> you are excited about them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, but I can't talk about them yet. Um, okay. But uh, I've been... We'll get you back on the show to talk about them once they come out. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Love that. 
Good, good, good. Well, you, you, it's nice to have a little break, anyhow. You, yeah, uh, I know. I'm looking forward to the break. It's been, uh, you know, national champions was was um, quick. You know, we were we were put that together fairly quickly, and it was pretty intense. Um, so it's nice to be able to have these moments where you can breathe a little bit. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Exactly. I think we all need those two to recharge yeah. the batteries and refresh yeah. and everything. Well, Gabriel, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yes. uh, definitely a pleasure having you on the show. So thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Yeah. If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies... Please go to the, our, my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. The uh, iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And remember to rate The Jam Price Show when you go to any uh, places that you like to listen to your podcast. Also, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and like our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. 